Welcome to The Whole Truth with Jill Rosenzweig, a podcast which endeavors to expose the truth behind legal stories that are distorted by mainstream media. And now, here's your host, passionate truth seeker and veteran attorney, Jill Rosenzweig. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Whole Truth with Jill Rosenzweig. I'm your host, Jill Rosenzweig. And today I want to talk to you about the charges that were just dropped against Kevin Spacey. Um, So I just wanted to explain that specific case. Uh, There were criminal charges pressed against Kevin Spacey relating to an incident that allegedly took place in 2016 in Nantucket. Uh, There was an 18-year-old busboy who met Kevin Spacey at a bar um, in Nantucket. And um, apparently, according to the complaint, he told Kevin Spacey that he was actually 23 years old instead of 18. And um, Kevin Spacey bought him um, some drinks. And um, he claims that Kevin Spacey was bragging about the size of his penis and asked the busboy to go back to his house with him. Um, He claims that later on, uh, he and Kevin Spacey were near um, this piano in the bar, and Kevin Spacey started rubbing the busboy's thigh and then unzipped his pants and was rubbing his penis inside and outside of his pants for about three minutes. And then um, the busboy claims that Kevin Spacey got up to go to the bathroom, and at that point, um, the busboy left the bar and went home. It took a while for this busboy to go to the police with the story. And so um, just to back up, when there was the um, the criminal case, Kevin Spacey uh, pled not guilty. And in the midst of this criminal case, this civil lawsuit was filed. And um, about a week after that, the civil lawsuit was um, withdrawn by this plaintiff, the busboy. Um, and then shortly after that, the charges were dropped against Kevin Spacey. And um, I just want to explain what was going on because I think that uh, without understanding the details of these cases, when you see charges dropped in a criminal case where there are sexual assault allegations, Um, Or um, within the civil context, when someone files a complaint based upon an alleged sexual assault and then they withdraw their complaint, I think we will assume that it means that whatever was alleged turned out to be false. And I think that that is um, a common misconception. and, And I think that it's something that we should be careful in assuming um, particularly because of the sensitive nature of these cases, there are a lot of factors involved in why um, a case like this won't be pursued either by the government within the criminal law context or by the um, victim within the civil law context. And in this case, what happened here was that um, there was a, a very important piece of evidence that was missing. And I think that's really what ended up prompting uh, both the civil case and the criminal charges um, being dropped because uh, basically what happened here was that the boy in question had a cell phone where he was sending text messages to his girlfriend on the night in question and um, that cell phone went missing. And so uh, apparently the cell phone was initially turned over. Uh, The police had the cell phone. 
Uh, the prosecution, I think, had the cell phone. And at some point, um, the belief is that the cell phone was returned to the family. And the court in the criminal case was asking where the cell phone is. And Kevin Spacey's lawyers were basically arguing that the, the cell phone was a key piece of evidence, that they had a right to examine the cell phone, and that they did not have to rely simply on screenshots that were being turned over by the prosecution and that they had the right to independently uh, examine the cell phone, have a forensic uh, review the cell phone and see if there were missing text messages, text messages that might have been deleted. Um, And they were claiming that the screenshots that were delivered to uh, Captain Spacey's lawyers by the prosecution seemed to have texts that were missing. It's like the the context of the conversation just seemed like there were certain things that were deleted. And um, the defense was arguing uh, pretty strenuously that without the cell phone, their client was being denied his due process rights because they didn't have a full picture. And they were arguing that if the evidence from the cell phone uh, was turned over, that there would be exculpatory evidence on the cell phone that would essentially clear Kevin Spacey's name. And um, while this was going on, that's when uh, the plaintiff, the victim in all of this, um, or alleged victim, dropped his lawsuit. And um, the court within the criminal case had the mother come in to testify as to what happened with the phone. And she admitted in court that she did delete certain things off of her son's phone. She claimed that the things that she deleted had absolutely nothing to do with the night in question. They had nothing to do with the actual case, but she just felt like there were certain things on the phone that, you know, were either embarrassing or she just did not want coming out about her son. And so she chose to delete those things. And I think that, um, you know, within all of this was uh, essentially this glaring issue of where was the phone. And ultimately, this boy ended up pleading the fifth when he was on the witness stand and being asked questions as to what happened with his phone. Um, And so the DA's office ended up dropping the charges against Kevin Spacey, uh, essentially saying that due to the unavailability of the complaining witness, they could not move forward with the case. And so I think what happened here was the um, young man ended up getting nervous about the fact that his phone was missing. Uh, It seems like maybe he got rid of his phone. That's the impression I'm getting. And um, because of that, he took the fifth. And then once he did that, the prosecution felt like, well, how are we going to move forward with this case without him being willing to testify? And um, also understanding that the optics of this phone being missing and um, not just that, but just the, the fact is without the phone, um, how do you prove with, with beyond a reasonable doubt that Kevin Spacey did what he is alleged to have done? Uh, I think that the fact that there was no phone created this, um, you know, reasonable doubt. I mean, it just it just sort of rose to the level of people saying, well, I don't really know the whole story. How can I convict him of sexual assault when the phone is missing and we really have no idea what was on it? Um, and so that's why this case was dropped. Um, but the bigger picture here is to understand that just because the case was dropped doesn't mean that Kevin Spacey didn't do what he is alleged to have done. There are just so many people who have come forward and said that he was inappropriate with them, including people saying that while they were sleeping at his house, they suddenly woke up to him performing sexual acts on them, um, to situations where people are saying that he was groping them. 
Um, there was a whole investigation at this theater that he was involved with in London where many people came forward and say, said that he did stuff to them that was sexually inappropriate. And so when you look at all of that and you sort of look at the big picture here, it's hard to imagine that um, what this boy in Massachusetts said Kevin Spacey did to him was untrue. Um, so then why why were why was the case dropped? I think that, um, you know, this is something that I think is so important to understand um, in the context of cases where there's a sexual assault victim. Um, a lot of the time people will either not come forward because they're worried about information about them coming out that they don't really want the public to know um, or they don't want their family to know or their friends to know. And when you are deciding whether or not to press charges against someone who has sexually assaulted you or go to court and sue that person uh, based upon the sexual assault, I think it's important not to overlook the fact that the person's personal life and whatever it is about them that they don't want coming out will weigh heavily on their decision in terms of whether or not they're going to come forward with their story. Um, in this case, it's possible that there was nothing on this uh, young man's phone that had anything to do with Kevin Spacey that he was worried about. But maybe there were other things that he just did not want people to know. Uh, maybe things that were embarrassing to him. Maybe information about him that just reflected poor, poorly on him that he thought might affect his reputation. And so, you know, I think that it's important to understand that uh, these are things people think about. And it doesn't mean that what they're claiming happened didn't happen to them. It's just that there's so many factors involved in deciding whether or not to come forward with your story. And it's not just um, the simple issue of deciding whether or not you think you have strong enough evidence against someone, um, you know, or worrying about whether or not people are going to believe you. It's also this extraneous stuff that happened here where it's very possible there was just other information that this young man and or his family did not want coming out about him. Um, and so I think that that's just such an important thing to think about. Um, you know, when you talk about rape shield laws, um, so at most states have, I think maybe all states have rape shield laws, and that essentially restricts the defense's ability to sort of delve into your sexual history. So a lot of states have these rape shield laws where um, if you want to talk about the victim's past and say, you know, this person was uh, promiscuous or they had, you know, this this major history of sleeping with a lot of people, um, you can't just sort of bring that up within the context of a criminal trial. What you have to do is you go to the judge and there is sort of a private hearing. So it's called an in-camera hearing where you go to the judge and you say, we have this evidence about this person. We want to bring it out of the trial. And then the judge reviews it and decides whether or not the jury can hear that information. And more, more often than not, the judge is going to say, no, that information has nothing to do with this case. We don't care what the victim's sexual history is. That's not to be brought up within the context of the trial. And so usually um, the defense attorney is not allowed to bring that stuff up. But those rape shield laws really only have to do with a sexual history. So if the defendant um, wants to bring up things that have nothing to do with that, so for example, if they wanted to bring up the fact that the victim, uh, you know, did drugs or, you know, I don't know, had um, a criminal history or things like that, 
usually what will happen there is that the defense attorney will ask that question of the victim. They'll say, isn't it true that you are a drug addict and you can't be relied on because you have trouble remembering things, right? And the prosecution will jump up and say, objection, Your Honor, objection. Well, the judge might strike that from the record, but you have to remember that there's a jury sitting there and they'll hear that testimony. And even if they're instructed to ignore it, it doesn't mean that they will because you can't unhear what you've heard. And so the only thing that they're really not allowed to bring up, and there's a specific process in place where the defense has to go into this private hearing and ask the judge for permission to bring it up, has to do with sexual history, but everything else doesn't work that way. So usually what the defense attorney will do is they'll bring stuff up, even though they know that the judge might strike it from the record, they'll bring it up just so that the jury can hear it. Because they know that the minute they bring it up, even if the victim doesn't answer the question, they're just planting that seed in the jury's heads so that they know, okay, this person is unreliable. They have a drug history or they drink all the time. Maybe the claim is that they've falsely accused other people of crimes. And so those types of things, the defense will try to find a way to bring up within the context of the case. And even if Again, the judge admonishes them or says to the jury, please ignore that. That's really not realistic. So, um, you know, that's why I think it's important to understand that when people are um, the victims of sexual assault, uh, they will, it's, it's normal and natural and realistic to think about your past and say, okay, well, what's gonna come out if I go to trial on this? What's gonna come out if I come forward and people are examining my life And all of this information about me is going to come out and maybe my friends and family will hear about it. Maybe my employer will hear about it. Maybe my future spouse will hear about it. And so um, I don't think that we can ignore that those things definitely are a factor. And if you were to go to an attorney and speak to them and say, okay, can you promise me that these things about my life won't come out if I come forward about this person sexually assaulting me, no lawyer is going to say to you, don't worry, I promise you these things won't come out because that's really just not realistic. I think that there is a very real possibility that information may come out about the victim that they're not happy about. And so in this case, I think that what happened here was that the victim or his family decided to delete certain things off the phone Ultimately, the phone went missing. We don't know for sure what happened with it, but it seems like the family or the victim probably got rid of the phone. And as a result, uh, Kevin Spacey sort of walked away free and clear from this incident. Um, And I just feel like it's important to understand that that does not necessarily mean that he's innocent. Um, It doesn't mean that he's guilty. We'll never know. But I think that when you uh, read a headline saying that the charges were dropped, just be mindful that that does not mean that he did not do what he is alleged to have done. And I just want to explain uh, this situation with this young man pleading the fifth, because I think it's normal and natural to ask yourself, well, why was he pleading the fifth? What does he have to hide? Um, So when you destroy evidence within the context of a criminal case um, or a civil case for that matter, That is called spoliation, and um, essentially what that means is that when you have an ongoing case, you are prohibited from destroying evidence. And if you get caught destroying evidence, 
Um, that can be, uh, there can be a criminal con consequence to that. So you can get charged with um, spoliation and there can be uh, fines and penalties involved. Not, I, not likely that there would be jail time, but still it's considered a crime. And um, within the context of a civil lawsuit, you would um, face the possibility that the case will be dismissed, but also there could be sanctions issued against you. So um, the court could award the other side attorney's fees so that you would have to pay the other side's attorney's fees for bringing a case where you've destroyed evidence. Um, and you could also get sanctioned monetarily where you have to pay the other side money. Um, and so uh, I think that uh, we should not assume that just because um, this young man pled the fifth, it doesn't mean that he was necessarily lying about what he said about Kevin Spacey. It could just mean that he was very worried about the consequences of him doing something to destroy evidence in the case, whether that meant um, him deleting text messages or him actually destroying or hiding the phone. Um, so I think it's just important to bring that up and explain what happened there uh, because you know, it, it it to me means that he in the midst of this case, he was then worried about um, his own actions and what that might mean for him. And, um, you know, basically, at that point, he became uncooperative in the context of the criminal case where he did not want um, to incriminate himself. So he stopped cooperating with the prosecution. And then the prosecution had no more choice in the matter and had to kind of just drop the case at that point, because without the uh, victim's testimony, they really had nothing to um, go by in terms of going after Kevin Spacey. Um, so uh, I just wanted to comment on that because I think it's important, again, to understand that um, just because someone's pleading the fifth doesn't necessarily mean that they're making the story up. It could have something to do with some other factor that isn't obvious to people. Um, so anyway, uh, I just wanted to comment on that issue as well. Um, and so that's really what I wanted to say today. Um, and, uh, I'm keeping it short because the feedback I'm getting is that you guys like when they're short and sweet, these episodes. So that's it for today. And, um, you know, please let me know your thoughts about this situation or any of the other topics that I've covered in my podcast. And please let me know if there's a case you feel like you want me to talk about. I'm really open to suggestions. I love to hear what matters to you. Uh, maybe things that you're confused about or maybe you're concerned about in your own life that have legal implications. I'm happy to talk about those things. Um, so definitely reach out to me. My email address is thewholetruthpod at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at thewholetruthpod. And uh, I have a Facebook page, The Whole Truth with Jill Rosenzweig. Please uh, get in touch. I'd love to hear from you and have a great week. Thanks so much.